Hello and welcome to the Logistics Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Cliff. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're tackling the topic of artificial intelligence, or AI. I'm speaking with experts from Locus, BrainCore and Parcel Hero to get a holistic idea of AI applications across the supply chain, from the warehouse to the last mile. Let's get cracking. In 2017, one in five companies reported that they had incorporated AI in some offerings or processes. Sources for 2023 do vary slightly, but it's generally accepted that the figure today is around 35%. So that's nearly double the number of businesses using AI in just six years. And it's no wonder that AI is becoming more and more popular, especially for supply chain managers. Traditionally, manual tasks such as picking and route optimization are increasingly being automated with the use of AI, which can save both time and money. Let's take a step back. When I say artificial intelligence, what first comes to your mind? Do you think of the Spielberg blockbuster of the same name? Or another science fiction film? Do you think of Deep Blue, the first computer to win a game of chess against a reigning world champion? Or do you think of the recent questions around legality and responsibility triggered by the rise of popular AI programs, such as ChatGPT? Whatever your answer, you're certainly aware of the existence of AI. But would you be able to separate science fiction from science fact and describe what AI actually is? Here's BrainCore's robotics and automation product leader, Alison McHugh, to put it in layman's terms. AI is like a robot's brain that can help the robot do things that a human can do. And often it means performing tasks, very specific tasks, such as cleaning, lifting, or moving. And to perform these tasks, sometimes AI and robot can even do things that we cannot do, like lifting very heavy objects, for example, or see things in the dark. Just like us, human AI learns new things every day from basically what it experienced on a daily basis. So if a machine can independently gather knowledge to learn from and act on its experiences, it's considered artificially intelligent. There are various paths to achieve artificial intelligence in the way that Alison just described. In rising order of complexity, we have rule-based learning, machine learning, and deep learning. Here's Nishith Rastogi, co-founder of Locus, to explain the differences. One of my favourite canonical examples to take is the job of distinguishing between a football and a basketball. Now, if I ask you, what's the difference? You will tell me, hey, it's based on the color, it's based on the weight, it's probably based on the size. And you also know that, you know, the texture is rough and that's the most important thing. So you know both what the difference is based on and what is their relative importance. This is called rule-based learning, where I know both the things. Second, let's say, if I did not know what is the various importance between them, right? But I know I should look for size, I should look for the color, I should look for the texture, and that's machine learning, where we effectively train a computer to analyze data and draw inferences out of it in the framework that we are guiding. Here, a key part is that you, as the programmer, needed to know the difference between a football and a basketball to then allow your computer to do that, right? That you needed to know whether texture, size, colors are important. Deep learning, on the other hand, allows you even the discovery of 
what will dis- differentiate two objects and then calculate their weight so for example you know some of our listeners may know the difference between the football and a basketball but they may not know the difference between a prose and a poem and if they are positioned to write a program to differentiate them they will need to use deep learning techniques as deep learning became more and more mature it allowed computers to actually think beyond what they have been programmed for and become closer to true form of ai rule based learning machine learning and deep learning all have one thing in common they need data to be able to function initiate's example of the basketball and the football this consists of four data points the size the shape color and texture it goes without saying but you'll need far more than four data points to meaningfully integrate ai into your business operations warehouse management and last mile optimization are far more complex and the success of both is dependent on hundreds if not thousands of factors that means you'll need plenty of high quality data to reap the benefits of your ai machine as well as the means to store it and keep it safe here's nishith with an example of what kind of data you'll need to optimize the last mile when your last 5 minutes last 7 minutes matter this approximation of the real world is not good enough in last mile you need to factor in significantly more number of variables for example road restrictions during daytime right many of the heavy trucks or non electric vehicles these days can't enter certain portions of the city traffic preferences of the driver preferences of the customer loading order inside the truck then for example if you are ordering grocery deliveries right we and if your grocery orders also have ice cream along with the veggies then we know that somebody will need to open two areas of the truck so their transaction time at the doorstep would be a little higher then routes which look beautiful to the human eye even if they are 95% mathematically optimized because you need to make sure change management happens on the ground right there's of course traffic then even finding an address is not enough you need to find a parking near that address you need to find the loading and address in terms of commercial variables so some of our most sophisticated clients we end up using over 100 variables out of a possible set of more than 180 variables to make last mile decisions which are accurate to the minute not by the hour you'll notice that nishith mentioned a few data points which are impossible to predict with 100% accuracy like the weather and traffic on any given day but you don't necessarily need to be able to know for certain The speed at which AI can learn to adapt to its current environment is astonishing. And using AI to optimize the last mile isn't just about saving time. David Jinks, head of consumer research at Parcel Hero, highlighted that there are benefits for the welfare of the drivers as well. Often you pay per delivery a lot of companies pay people to have a delivery so the more time they waste the more money that they're losing and so that that's a problem. Um it will help with predictive maintenance on the van so they're not going to break down. Um you know AI also does things like I mean my my car even sort of has a sort of fatigue monitoring thing. I think my car comes up with a picture of a cup of coffee if I've driven for too long without taking a taking a, um a break but uh, you know other things can sort of actually monitor your eyes and see if how fatigued you are and how much you're looking at the roads and things so that will help in terms of safety of drivers. Um and then you've got the other things that um, a lot of cars and vans are using now adaptive cruise control collision avoidance 
Um, you know, you can sort of pop your car on, and if it's a nice dual carriageway bit between sort of major delivery bits, then you can just sort of allow the car to drive a bit, just keep your hands or van, keep your hands on the wheel. Um, it also helps with things like training and sort of feedback, which, you know, I, in some ways people sometimes think that feels a bit intrusive, but it can help. AI can help sort of you know, like program training techniques and that kind of things. But it will also analyze your own sort of behavior and your performance as a driver. And that can help people sometimes. So as we've heard, driver welfare can be hugely improved with AI. But what about warehouse operatives? Alison explained to me why workers who are cautious to accept artificial intelligence and robotics in the warehouse may want to consider the benefits. The workers or the operator think that uh, the robot is here to take our job. This is absolutely not true. Um, you know, again, they can do certain things better than us, but making decision and being able to decipher information, human is still better. So rather, I would think about robot and AI as a way to alleviating humans' burden on repair, repetitive dull tasks. You don't, you don't want to spend your day walking around a warehouse for 10 hours, or you don't want to spend your day to, you know, cleaning, scrubbing the floor constantly. It, it is not the most fun task someone can do. So machine learning AI can help a robot does that very well. And you can spend your time doing something else that may be higher value or more complex that a robot cannot do. So I would think about AI and robot as delegation rather than handing off your whole function or your whole job to, to the robot. We are all well aware that warehouse technology is evolving rapidly. And as it does so, it is becoming more accessible to small and medium-sized businesses. And while robotics are not the only way to use AI in the warehouse, they're certainly the most well-known. Alison told me what your first steps into the world of AI should be. If I talk to anyone who's you know, keen on starting using AI, first of all, uh, kudos to you. Um, it is definitely a way to improve your operation. And you may think it's expensive, but like I mentioned, it may not be that expensive, really, if you work with the right provider. So um, I think my first advice I would give to anyone in the space would be to start small and iterate often. So by start small, I mean, forget about robot, you know, replacing human or, you know, doing every single thing in that, that function in your warehouse. Think about sectioning, sending off a small portion of the task that you feel like a robot can do. Think about it as training your new employee. Think about, hey, maybe instead of cleaning the entire big space, maybe I'll start with a small space to see how this new, quote unquote, new employee doing. And then from there, from there you, can, you can iterate and expand your use case from there. Secondly, uh, and this is an important one that I kind of overshadow earlier as well, would be to work with AI and robotics companies that are proven, that have solid services plan and are customer focused. There are a lot of great robotics companies out there who you know, have a lot of smart people working on really, really um, complex looking robot. But at the end of the day, you want a partner. In robotics, you want someone who you know who have experience in the space, who are not new to the field, and being able to provide your company with the right level of services. Um, and I think the one really important thing about experienced company, or I guess the company had been around for a while, is that they they experienced more edge cases before, so they understand all these things ahead of time and can help you even before AI system is being integrated into your warehouse. The third advice I can think about is just don't just think about one application at a time. You can start small, but think about multiple applications on, on the service. Um, a holistic approach to AI and robotics will help ensure that managing all your workflow is so much easier. It's important to remember that AI isn't something exclusive to robotics. 
Some companies are already using AI-generated algorithms to optimise their processes and improve their customers' experiences. David told me more about his own company's AI strategy and gave me insight into how AI is being used by retail giants like Amazon, Ocado and Zara. We compare, um, sort of um, use algorithms to compare the prices of all the main leading um, career companies. And then from there, we can sort of present those to the customer and they can then select the um, one that's sort of, you know, best for them in terms of delivery speed, price, all those kind of things they can weigh up from there. So that's quite a nice sort of example. You know, um, other companies are also doing a lot. Amazon, of course, you'd expect that they'd be leaders in this field and they are. So uh, they're using um, AI powered algorithms for demand forecasting. Warehouse automation, that's one I've not really talked about yet, but obviously that's, 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 that's a key one. Route optimization, as we say, and they'll do use things not really talked as well before about chat boxes, but they're really a good useful thing where AI actually interacts with the customer. But they're also good in terms of um, how um, retailers harness AI. Okado, it's interesting to remember that not only are they do they work with retailers, the Okado retail bit, but they are actually a sort of delivery um, sort of company. Um, well, warehousing and delivery and fulfillment company, you know, that they operate that apart from that. And that's very AI and, and automated um, sort of focused. So in terms of their warehousing, streamlining order processes, improving efficiency, um, you know, they all use algorithms to optimize routing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and another one that's quite interesting, Zara have been talking about what they do, and they'll actually use AI to, um, to sort of look at sales data and customer preferences. And then they can actually identify emerging fashion trends as they start to come up and use those to actually sort of work out their products. So it's absolutely fascinating some of the sort of various applications of AI in, in retail. Throughout this whole episode, you've heard the guests bring up various data points which are valuable to implementing AI into the supply chain. But be warned, cyber attackers are known to target businesses which would grind to a halt if disrupted. And that means danger for the logistics industry. I asked Nashith about how to ensure you have a robust cybersecurity system before you invest in AI. Data security should be treated the same way as you think about securing your home or any other physical thing. And that is to say in layers and by multiple approaches. There is no one single bullet and you need to need to plan for redundancies. So to begin with, start by implementing strong access controls. Who can physically access data? Who can digitally access data? And each access to the data is logged. Then the company should use encryption, both during the transmission as well as the store at storage. Right? A good touchstone is that the developers of the company with which your data reside should not be able to access your data. Regular third-party security audits must be conducted. The entire thing should then again be these days, everything is hosted on cloud. You want to typically go with a tier one cloud provider who themselves have all the downstream security control. Monitoring, but in all of this, the most critical weak link is making sure all your team members are trained and are made aware for it. They should think of security as a duty and not as something that impedes their progress. 
ISO certifications and GDPR compliance and, you know, the British BSO compliances, these ensure that you don't have to do such an extensive diligence every time you are partnering with a company, right? So, for example, at Locus, we went through all of these certification processes and keep updating them every six to 12 months. And on our website, there's a slash trust page. You know, this is to give confidence to the very legitimate concerns that any business must have about their data security. Because in logistics, unlike many other areas, the data that you have involves personally identifiable data of the end consumer, right? You may have their phone numbers to reach them for the last yard coordination. That must be treated extremely sensitively, right? A single customer's PID data should be treated with more concern than your entire source code. So it's hugely important to ensure your data is secure to mitigate the risk of a cyber attack. But what other issues might you come across, especially in last mile delivery? David's back to tell us more, but he's got a surprise up his sleeve. So I'm going to read out an answer here. And then at the end, when I've read out the answers, I'll I'll tell you why I read out the answers and why I'm sort of reading here particularly. But there you go. So one of the potential problems of using AI in final mile deliveries security and privacy issues. AI-enabled final mile delivery solutions will have access to sensitive consumer data, such as addresses and payment information. That could create potential security and privacy risks, such as data breaches and identity theft. Uh, Second one, increased human labour costs, because AI-enabled final mile delivery solutions may require more human labour to oversee and monitor the AI systems, and that could lead to increased labour costs. The next one, difficulty adapting to unexpected changes, because AI-enabled final mile delivery solutions may struggle to adapt to unexpected changes in the environment, such as traffic delays or road closures, which could lead to customer dissatisfaction and delivery delays. And the last one, poor customer service. AI-enabled final mile delivery solutions may lack the human touch and personalised customer service that customers expect, and this could lead to customer dissatisfaction and lost business. And the reason why I'm reading that out it's because actually I asked an AI program called OpenAI what the potential problems of using AI in the final mile deliveries were. And that's the answer that it gave me. So that's quite interesting that it actually has the ability and awareness to not only come up with answers to sort of some of the um, issues around AI and things, but actually some of the problems in terms of AI itself and how it might apply. Wherever you come across artificial intelligence in the supply chain, I hope you've learned something new by listening to this episode. Before I sign off, I'd like to thank Alison, David and Nishith for sharing their insights with us. You can find out more information on BrainCore, Parcel Hero and Locus in the episode description. Thanks for listening to the Logistics Podcast. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.